Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuck for another edition of The Big Show, the main show, the super supremacy of our First Order fleet, the chief chirpa throne of Bright Tree Village. Thank you all who supported my idea for a rise of cheap chief chirpa uh, Marvel Star Wars comic. I, uh, I, I got two of you. You're in my corner. I want this to happen. I'm going to start tweeting Jordan B. White and Heather Antos, or Jordan D. White and Heather Antos of Marvel uh, to get this. All right. No, it's not going to be a campaign. I'm not going to happen. All right. All right. Uh, Anyways, we are here. This is the place I love talking Star Wars the most. And with me, as always, is Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. 
Happy to be here. What is it? Did you say uh, super supremacy? The yeah. su- super supremacy. Started, yeah. I'm just throwing words up. No, it's great. It made me think yeah. of Star Wars frozen pizza, and it made me happy. Just the way it was phrased. It sounded like that's where it was going. Oh, man. You, you, you're the king of frozen pizza. And, uh, soon to be the dead king yeah. of frozen pizza. Uh, we're here. We're here, guys. Yes. Jennifer. I am here. You're collecting signatures yeah. for this campaign. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm serious about this idea. Of uh, I did it on Star Wars Rank this weekend of uh, I want a five issue Marvel Star Wars comic called The Rise of Chief Chirpa. Do I want to know. I think you know. I, I you know I I uh, follow Jordan. Jordan follows me back there on the Twitter. So mm. maybe we can have some some influence there, right. uh, whispering in the ear. But you know, in the spirit of Star Wars, if Marvel doesn't do this, I'd say Zine. Yeah, let's Ooh. let's just do a really crude zine of Chief Chirpa <laughs> ourselves and hand it out at conventions. Uh, hey, until the cease and desist desist arrives, we can get away. with Yeah, it. Chirpa zine, Chirpa zine, Chirpa zine. Uh, Jennifer, you made ways within our world uh, her recently with your pork dog, <laughs> your pet pork, my pet pork. Uh, just wonderful. Your StarWars.com article on uh, costumes is up there. For two, you guys right? to read two, yes, right? Two, two separate ones, right? Two separate ones and a third one on the way. Damn. Yeah, you guys get ready to dress up as Han Solo and Carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. That's you did coming. kids, you did animals, uh-huh. and the next one is adults. adults. Wow. Yes. Oh, I was hoping for cats, but okay. <laughs> no, no, I don't have a cat anymore. Yeah, because the, the, uh, yeah, you probably tried to dress it up as like a yeah. loth cat or something, loth cat, and it ran off, right? Exactly. Um, your star destroyer dog, take out your cat. <laughs> Chewy, Chewy actually liked the Star Destroyer costume probably the most. It's amazing. I was going to ask. All right, so we yeah. got Jabba the Hutt, Porg, yeah. and Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Porg, he was like on high alert, right. looking around, <laughs> partially because he was he was not on his leash, which is a rarity because he, oh, he yeah. will take off. But the costume, for some reason, he just kind of like was on alert, sitting there, <laughs> checking things out. The Star Destroyer, he actually just wanted to sleep. Oh, so nice. I had to like, you know, bribe him with treats to get him to stand up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Just like the Empire, they get lazy, overconfident. <laughs> right. right. Overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your poor costume is yours. <laughs> it was great, though. It was wonderful. Thank I was you. sharing her. <laughs> <laughs> I was sharing around the office. I'm so choked up over it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Joseph and I are pouring the whiskey strong tonight. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was an attack. Yeah, it, it, it found your exhaust port in your throat there, and it attacked. <laughs> uh, uh, let's uh, stop probing uh, that shield. <laughs> Probe that whiskey hole. Oh, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, anyway, uh, well, we're here. We're here. We're here. We have a lot to talk about. Joseph, any Star Wars adventures for you? I don't want to cut you out of the port. Uh, you know, my Star Wars adventure uh, was that I. I sp- Speed read all of the rest of uh, From a Certain Point of View that I have not read. I read all of it today, mm-hmm. most of the book today. It was quite an adventure. I've been busy with uh, with shows, and uh, and this week I did a fun uh, Hollywood thing that I can't talk about yet. I, I always like saying that because it sounds mysterious. It's either something really cool or like I had an accident in public. <laughs> <laughs> something happened in Hollywood that I can't talk about can't yet. Talk about so it was a busy week, so I was really Good. happy to be able to get back and just power Star Wars today. I watched two episodes of Rebels and read like three quarters of a book yeah all star wars oh, today yeah t- i wish we could uh i I've, I've i watched episodes three and four of rebels already is that the ones you watched yeah. they're out today i watched them over the weekend and uh because I, I had a, a, a copy and um 
two of my favorite episodes. Yeah, amazing. The first one's amazing. Amazing, yeah. I think we can chat about them a little bit. We yeah, got we'll, them. T- we'll talk about that for sure there. I, I do want to say I had some Star Wars fun over the guys of Black Series Rebels, Alex and Steven. Uh, check out the YouTube page there, or you can go to BlackSeriesRebels.com. And a lot of fun with them out there. They're great guys. Cisco, the director, uh, sat around even off-camera talking Star Wars, and they loaded me up with some uh, uh, Star Wars pins. Unofficial Star Wars pins, which are yes. great. Those are amazing. Yeah. They're, they're really, really cool. Pins. I have the whole collection. <laughs> uh, and they're great. So check out the video. Support those guys. They are great Star Wars fans. So, yeah, there's a lot to get to. And, oh, hey, I'm looking at the name. <laughs> we do have the Rebels talk in there. <laughs> I, you know what's I don't know. The Laura Dern thing kept in my eyeball is the oh. number one story. And I didn't. I apologize here. Ken, get yourself together. It's been one of those weeks. <laughs> We've got a lot of news to it's talk about and give our four center take on all of it. So, Jennifer, get a professional in here. Take it away. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about Star Wars Rebels first? Yeah. yeah. I just wanted okay. to touch base on the existence of it. Yeah. It it's exists. A show. And it's real. No, no, no. D- Jennifer, have you been able to catch these first four episodes? You've been busy making costumes. So I'd planned, you know, I'm on this new kick where I'm going to be watching every episode. Well, I'm a little behind. Sure. Uh, so I will throw it back to you guys. But I saw that the response online was was great. That people really enjoy these episodes. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Heroes of Mandalore stuff was was really good. Uh, I'd seen some of it at Star Wars Celebration. I think the first episode they'd aired at Celebration. Right. So I'd seen it before. We know Bo-Katan comes back. And mm-hmm. again, for spoilers, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched. And, and Oops, sorry, sorry. I'm kicking your foot on the table, Jennifer. Ken, get yourself together. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and if you maybe still haven't watched, uh, uh, we're going to talk maybe some plot point stuff here real quick. But yeah, Bo-Katan coming back, and it is clearly that Filoni Clone Wars reclamation ending a storyline the way he wanted to with Bo-Katan. It was I thought that was great, absolutely. Mm. And I think adding some fuel to the very convoluted fire of Ray possibly being a Kenobi because it's just putting mm-hmm. more pieces in place by reminding you of that relationship with Satine and that possible right. lineage Ooh. yeah which i thought was cool uh and yeah heroes of mandalore was amazing also i think to your point your guess ken that uh some you sometimes think maybe they're developing a mandalorian uh, side project right, right. of some kind yeah and certainly just really spending a lot of time the specific idea of how important their armor is to them yeah that it's handed down over generations right and that there's a weapon that targets this thing that is their greatest strength yeah. And there's a great Star Wars moral that basically your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness, and you just have to navigate those complicated waters. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It was good stuff. A lot of fun action, too. Yeah. Star Wars Rebels always does action really well. But they've uh, really ramped it up with these four episodes, I think. Absolutely. And the other ones in the name of the Rebellion. This is one that is uh, was just out as parts uh, one and two of that, so episodes three and four of the season. The, the first episode in particular, which was written by Gary Whitta, who did a pass on Rogue One. He knows this time period well. He knows Saw well, clearly. Yeah. It was wonderful. We talk here a lot about the formation of the Rebellion and what that means and what we're learning about it. And Inferno Squad and Rebel Rising and Leia, Princess of Valorant, Catalyst, the Rogue One novel, uh, and then Rogue One itself. You're getting so much in that time period that just excites me. Yeah. I know we want the Star Wars universe to be bigger. We want Old Republic. We want a Jabba gangster movie. We're gonna get we want a Chief Chirpa we'll comic. Get those patience. Yeah. We'll get patience. that patience. This time frame, Joseph, is just alive with so much stuff to mine through. Yeah, and I just so I saw these two episodes through a younger kid's eyes. And I'm trying to remember when I'm watching Rebels that sure it's for Star Wars fans of all ages, but Filoni right. is so making it for 
Yeah. Clone Wars Reclamation. But also, he said really clearly, it's for somebody who's never seen Star Wars. Right. And I'm imagining myself being nine, ten years old and hearing this great story of Mon Mothma won't go far enough to actually make yeah. a difference. And Saw mm. Gerrera is going too far in doing clearly immoral things. Right. And then you got our great heroes, uh, Ezra and Sabine in particular, mm-hmm. really trying to navigate those waters. And it's, yeah. a, it's just a really great, mature way to say life's difficult and you're going to have to make hard choices and do what you think is right in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there is some great stuff de- between Saw and Mon Mothma. Yeah. That is is just rich, man. It's rich stuff, and, and, and it fuels into... It, it almost... There's so much Saw material out there that I almost... It, not disappointed, it's not the word, but wanted more of him now in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. To actually see Force Whitaker, because he voices him here, to actually see him on screen again. Yeah. I and, still and, want to see him lose his feet, and I have hope. Yeah, no. before Rebels is over, we'll see him lose his feet. Yeah. But this is great crazy saw. It, it definitely gave me what I wanted of him starting to go around the bend. Yeah, absolutely. And they make a lot of choices. It's also just cool. You're on Yavin 4. The gang's back together. You get to see Rex in the in the temple there. Yeah. They're around the uh, the strategy table there. The Hot callus. Yeah, hot ca- hot, yeah, pretty callus is there, too. Pretty, pretty callus. Pretty, pretty callus. Um, <laughs> His hair is willing to start a war. <laughs> wow. Season one, Jamie Lannister hair. Yeah. Um, great stuff. In the second episode. Episode finishes up uh, really well, and you know a lot of uh, two tubes. Yeah, Edro, Edro two tubes is there, man. Yeah, yeah, and a U wing, a U wing, and a great uh, inventive fog dogfight mm. battle. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. There was lo- yeah, inventive's yeah. a good great word stuff. To say. A lot of good stuff. I can't recommend it enough. There's some rich stuff there to mine. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. That Bistain will show up. Bistan. Oh, Bistan. That's why when you're, you're yeah. naming all the things, I'm like, okay, where is he? Mm-hmm. Bistan should shoot off Saw's legs. Or feet. Oh, His feet. I mean, I know Bistan's normally a knee attacker, yeah. but he could take out a foot. Yeah. I was thinking about Bistan today in a U-wing because, <laughs> really? um, and we're going to talk about from a certain point of view here is a little bit uh, in tonight's episode, but there is a story that mentions uh, one of the U-wings from Scarif coming back, but not in shape to fight and wouldn't be useful against yeah. the Death Star. And I thought to myself, the hell it wouldn't be useful. You get a U-wing in there with Bastan in a space shoot suit, shooting out the side, taking out the turrets with the ha-ha! <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I know he probably didn't survive Scarif, but in my head canon, he did. Oh, yes, he did. He did. Man. Yeah. Hashtag so. R.I.P. Rebels is out there. <laughs> Check it out. Yes. Well, let's talk. Let's segue into The Last Jedi. Yeah. This is juicy stuff. Laura Dern, who plays Amalyn Holdo in The Last Jedi, recently stopped by The Ellen Show to talk about Star Wars. She shared that filming Star Wars made her feel like a seven-year-old kid again. And in fact, while filming one action scene, her character shoots a blaster. She just said weapon. I'm assuming a blaster. And Laura found herself making the... Pew, pew, noises. <laughs> uh, they also showed a photo, still from the film. This is a new photo of Admiral Holdo speaking to some members of the Resistance. <clears throat> so some fans have been speculating that Laura Dern's character will double-cross <clears throat> the Resistance, go bad. But after seeing that photo, to me, it didn't seem likely. How likely do you guys think that that is? I'm going to say very unlikely, Joseph, and I think we're probably in the same mindset having read Lady yeah. Prince of, of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is clearly she is still in the political framework. I am still clinging to my idea of she is a survivor of mm-hmm. what the proper government was. And I think the con- I think there is going to be a conflict with Leia, and I think it's just going to be like a strategic or a moral one, or like how do we move forward now that there is no government and clearly mm-hmm. violence is needed, but exactly what kind and how. 
Right. I think that's going to be the conflict. I don't think she's going to be a traitor. Yeah, it could be. And maybe she's on the side more of, say, a Mon Mothma type back during the rebellion because you saw the relationship as it played out in, in Leia. They were close. This wasn't just uh, – I remember when the name Holdo, Amelin Holdo, pops up in, in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I thought, oh, that's a nice little cameo. No, that is like Leia's number two throughout the, the book. Right. Leia taught yeah. Holdo the nature of the rebellion. Yeah, right. yeah. completely. And and they're they're very close – of different worlds, and Holdo, Holdo teaches her a lot of personal stuff, I think, and, and is there for So th- there's going to be something, it's going to be interesting to explain the distance it took, and, and your designated survivor theory is one I, I hold to, and Mon Mothma, in a way, during New Hope, as we've learned, is was a designated survivor, essentially, yeah. for the rebellion. Um, so I love that idea. I do think, yeah, it could be this... Hey, how are we going to do this resistance? How are we going to do this resistance? And and, and that's important. And Leia, uh, to have this history with this character, Jennifer, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting wrinkle to the story. Yeah, and I mean, they just really fleshed out Emmeline uh, Emmeline Holdo in um, Princess of Alderaan so well. She's yeah. so quirky and so, like, in touch with her feelings and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see if they really bring that on screen. I mean, we know she's going to have a small role, but I just yeah. I kind of wonder how much of that quirkiness are we going to see? I'm yeah. going to say... A lot. I think it might yeah. be dampened by like age and tragedy. Mm. But Laura Dern is so powerful. I mean, she's an amazing actor, but having just seen her in Twin Peaks, she is one of the most amazing parts of the Twin Peaks return and has a super complicated role that is incredibly emotional. And she can do so much with so little as an actor. Oh, I, I think wait. she's going to be one of those characters where like we love and then you, you review the footage and like she's in the film for three minutes but she's one of the characters right. we're thinking about the most. Mm. Yeah, I, think she's I, gonna have that I really hope they let her tee it, tee it up and uh, let it fly. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I hope uh, that it stays to that. And yeah, and I, and I would be at this point, I was one of the people, Jennifer, early on, was like, oh, I bet she's a she's double agent. There's something sinister going on. I, I would actually now be disappointed if that happened. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Funny how that changes. And her action figure is going to have a blaster. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I'm thinking a lot of these Star Wars actors that talk about this. Yeah. I think when they get to this, I think they do it intentionally just to have that moment. And I would, too. Oh, yeah. I would, too. Right. I don't think that many professional actors are walking around with guns going, blam, blam, and just get blasted and suddenly go pew, pew. Wrestle. Wrestle, wrestle. Shouting all your actions. Right. Right. Uh, Well, Ryan Johnson has confirmed that he is not involved with Star Wars Episode Nine. He told The Hollywood Reporter that J.J. Abrams is directing and writing the third film, so they'll be creating their own story without him. The interviewer also asked Ryan Johnson how The Last Jedi will recontextualize past Star Wars films. And Johnson didn't give, of course, any specifics, because they just don't. Uh, but he <laughs> did agree that every Star Wars film does recontextualize what came before it. So I guess the question is, Is will The Last Jedi have any big reveals like Vader's No, I Am Your Father? Are we going to get a big moment like that that will change how we've been seeing The Force Awakens in previous films? Yeah. Yeah, you well, think so? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like the trailer is already hinting toward, uh, I feel like there is a slim possibility that there's a concrete purpose to either Rey or Kylo, or both, whoever is being spoken to by Snoke, mm-hmm. that it's not just the like, wow, we thought lots of Force users were powerful, but now you're even more powerful, but it's actually some concrete, you're the person who's going to unlock this and open up the galaxy in some way. Right. You're going to ah. change the nature of reality by waving your hand. You yourself are some sort of a potential doomsday weapon. Like I think there might be some bigger concrete thing, mm-hmm. and that would change how we look at 
the force and force users. Mm. Yeah, Jennifer, what do you think on this? That's really interesting. You're using like the whole weapon as opposed to being the chosen one, yeah. right? That will save everyone. This is something that could really be used as a force for good or a force for bad. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I, I wonder, because that trailer definitely, we talked about it here a lot, is that trailer sets up choices. Yeah. yeah that's why it's edited to, to look that way, you know? Get to all the people like, ah, Ray's not in the same, yeah, no, she's probably not in the same place as Kylo when he sticks his hand out. I get that. Right. Um, but it could be Jar Jar Binks for all we know. But <laughs> Are there embers by Jar Jar? Yeah. <laughs> there's, 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 there's tough choices for these characters to make, and I think that could change just the Star Wars story we're used to in general. That alone could be, and I don't want it to be some, and I don't think it will, I don't, I don't want it to be some cheap double swerve, this, that. I, like, I want it to be come from the characters and everything you hear about these actors saying, like, oh, I had to talk to my director about these choices that the character made mm-hmm. in the script. Mm. That's where I think it's going to change. Whether or not we get that big moment, you might be right, Joseph, some kind of switch and, you know, new information and where we look at things could be different. Or it could just be, wow, we've never seen characters make these type of choices before. Yeah, you know that makes sense. I don't know. I I'm so excited. I also I'm don't too. trust Ryan Johnson about he's not involved. I think he's not involved yet. Yeah, yeah I totally you know agree. that's fair because yes. that's uh, you know we all know that early on he was going to write it right. That was the rumors. He wrote a treatment. That was the rumors. Eh, you know, rumors are rumors. Um, I could see that maybe he had something to do with the early stages, and then Trevorrow's story came in, and it's gone. But I, at, at some point. Ryan's going to take a look at this, the script or something and be like, or the story, and be like, hey, what about this? Yeah. I just, ah, yeah. I just have to imagine. Yeah, I should clarify. It's not that I, I believe that what he is saying is true right now. I just mm. think that there's a possibility that down the roads, J.J. Abrams says, hey, Ryan, do you want to? Yeah. And then maybe he would say yes. I would totally be on board for that. I think mm. we all would, even though we haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're very sure. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of J.J. Abrams, hey. yes, hey. he was recently interviewed by the BBC and said that his approach to Episode Nine will be different than his approach to The Force Awakens. For Episode Nine, he wants to approach it with the, that same excitement that he had when he was a kid, but he also wants to take these characters to places they haven't gone to. J.J. said that working on Star Wars or Star Trek, uh, quote, are the things of dreams, yet we can't just revel in that. We have to go elsewhere, end quote. So to me, that reads like he really internalized the criticism that he got, that The Force Awakens was a rehash, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, look, we're going to have those fun moments that we love about Star Wars, but we're going to a totally different place. Mm -hmm. Is that what you guys get from this? Yeah, 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 and I, I still am feeling, and maybe this is the three sips of whiskey I've had, but I'm yeah. still a strong J.J. defender because mm-hmm. I don't think he made a mistake. I think he and Lucasfilm made a choice yeah. to do lots of brave new things. Ken went on a tweet storm a while back that really <laughs> uh, illustrated all of the great new solid oh, choices yeah, they made in The Force great. Awakens, so I'm not going to bother reiterating them. Read right. Ken's uh, Twitter feed, right. but then within that, they wanted to recreate the feeling of seeing this in 1977, and he right. did that, and he was successful. So I hope that he is coming at this. Uh, uh, I hope he is having pride in the accomplishment of The Force Awakens that he made exactly the movie he was trying to make. Now, some people legitimately may say, like, I, I don't like the movie that he made. Fine. But I think he knocked it out of the park making the movie he wanted to make, mm-hmm. and I hope he is taking that positive energy into making episode nine whatever he wants it to be and whatever Lucasfilm wants it to be right yeah and I think you know he's probably not immune to a little bit on social media or whatever you know hearing some of that stuff so maybe it is you're right Jennifer maybe it's his way of saying don't worry I got it 
we're, 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 I'm not going to have Ewoks. Maybe they right. will be, but yeah. you know what I mean. I, this Snow's got to be thrown down a shaft. Yeah, don't worry. It's <laughs> not going to work like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's it is kind of silly to think that that would be the case. And I'm a JJ defender now more than ever because I too had a, such a positive experience of Force Awakens. And again, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's, That's fine. fine. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of there's a lot of just tossing it aside for no like silly reasons, um, not not looking below the surface. Yeah. And. I think uh, I think uh, I really trust what he and Terry are, are going to do, are going to start to do. You're right, going back to the Ryan Johnson thing, a, a lot of eyes and ears are going to be on this project, yeah. and they're going to end it the right way. And and JJ, the thing about JJ is you just kind of, I think you can trust that it's going to be, it's going to be there. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, that's why he was chosen. One of the reasons he was chosen to launch this. And, uh, you know, maybe he hasn't, uh, maybe he isn't Terrence Malick writing some long tone poems. Maybe he isn't <laughs> Kubrick, maybe, you know, but in some ways Spielberg wasn't either, you know, he's got some great deep stuff as well, but you know, Spielberg knows how to put some explosions and chases on the screen too. Yeah. And that's his idol. So I, it, I just like, I would have loved seeing Spielberg close out Return of the Jedi. I'm happy Abrams is back now. Yeah. More, he, now more than ever. So yeah. He does characters in Hartwell. Yeah. And I think that is important to Star Wars. Are you excited for JJ's oh, nine? Yeah. Are you worried? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a I mean, JJ defender as well. You're also the one here on the podcast that predicted it. Oh, yes. yeah. I did. Runs right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes sense to me. I mean, he gave, he created these characters that we know and love. Yeah. And so it makes sense that he would close out the story. And he's so good with characters. Yeah. And so good, great with female characters as well, mm-hmm. which, which gets me excited knowing that he's going to be in charge of the General Leia story and closing that out. Yeah. Um, but this, now this one, uh, this one, I'm, I'm so excited to hear what you guys think. <laughs> so someone posted on Reddit. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. That's, that's always a good way to start. Uh, that they met J.J. Abrams and J.J.'s co-writer, Chris Terrio. This person went on to say that J.J. and Chris feel like they now have free reign to do what they want with no interference from Kathleen Kennedy, the Lucasfilm Story Group, or Pablo Hidalgo. Mm. Chris Terrio then told this person that Episode Nine will have elements from the prequels and that the film will unite all three trilogies and bring everything together. So on a scale of one to ten, how truthful is this? Ten right. being hundred uh, percent true, yeah, and one exactly get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh, one. <laughs> I think it's a five from Ooh. a certain point of view. Okay, point okay. Of view. You know, I, I, I can see it. Yeah. I, re, I, I reinterpret that. I think I read the original Reddit post, which was not as uh, sort of loaded as the you know uh, the sort of chainmail right right, uh, right. The game uh, phone, phone the phone game uh-huh, yeah yeah okay. of it. In I can see a lot of like. Chris Terrio, this was at a convention, right? Or it, some sort of... He was at some sort of function. And some sort of function. It wasn't at, like, Sizzler. Like, hey, yeah, it's Chris yeah, Terrio. Yeah. I'm going to ask him right, some questions. Right. But the, I, I felt like it had all these sort of, like, hey, a fan is asking, hey, is going to have some prequel stuff? And Chris Terrio's like, yeah. And a right. fan is asking, like, is it going to, like, feel like it's compiling all the episodes? And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And maybe he's like, yeah, we have really free reign. And maybe the editorial of... Yeah. The, you know, black glove of controlling <laughs> Pablo Hidalgo has somehow right. been added in the process, yeah. but right. was not necessarily a part of anything that J.J. Abrams or Chris Terrio said. Uh-huh. Yeah, be- because number one, yeah, you're right. And I, I, I think you're right that this, the, number one, there's a picture of them together. So I, right. I believe they met. And, and I think you're right. It could have been just one of those, sure, buddy, yeah, you like lightsabers? We'll put them in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it falls apart from me when you hear that Pablo thing, because the Pablo himself, as grumpy as he is on Twitter, will say, 
I, you know, I, I have a boss. Carrie Hart's my boss. So she would be if anyone from the story group. But also I think story group doesn't really work that way. I right. think it's more no. like, Pablo, is this the right TIE fighter? Like that might be yeah. versus right. you know, him going, no, don't put Ray in there. Like, we got a DM from Pablo Hidalgo who said <laughs> it has to be an exact copy of Return of the Jedi. So I guess mm. that's the movie we have to make. Mm. <laughs> That was sarcasm, yeah. just to be sarcasm. clear. Sarcasm, yeah, and, and I, yeah, and, I, and, that, and that goes to where I feel for Pablo because that's yeah. the kind of, that is the kind of uh, image that's been created that he's the all knowing. And even when Ryan Johnson tweeted out, like, you're, there was that exchange where Pablo was like, "I'm not the boss," and like Ryan Johnson was like, "Literally, you are," but it was, yeah. it was a little more tongue in cheek than it was. Yeah. However, that said, uh huh, if it's true on any level, and there's some prequel connections. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think it might. I think it might point to dealing more with that idea of: is there a prophecy? Is there a chosen one? Is there a way to organize Jedi in a way that's going to be positive for the galaxy? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Lots of big ideas. Yeah. Well, I will say, yeah, I would believe that Chris Terrio probably just said, like, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. I do not believe JJ would say anything about the film. Yeah. I had a chance to meet him <gasps> at, a, at a function. Uh, I was working the function, but I, I kind of got cornered with him and uh, I felt like a little bit like a crazy Star Wars stalker. <laughs> he was very kind and very nice and uh, he just did not want to reveal anything. He, he wanted to keep it very, very short. Mm-hmm. So I just can't imagine that he would say any of this. When was right. this? Oh, this was when I was pregnant. So it was a couple years ago. Oh, so he was working on Force Awakens at he was working on The Force Awakens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. the point is, is that, yeah, so I don't, I don't I believe I hope it. Jennifer's going to be like, two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> hiding in the bush at some uh, some uh, charity event in the bushes outside. Hey, JJ. Hey. <laughs> well, I was building a pork costume for JJ <laughs> Abrams. Yeah. I told him I'd visited his office and he wasn't there. And he got a little alarmed. But I, but I digress. I digress. Uh, the about Luke Skywalker. Please. The mystery of Luke will be explored in the Star Wars saga book, The Legends of Luke Skywalker. The middle grade novel is a collection of stories about Luke Skywalker and will be released on December 15th. December 15th? <laughs> yes. Wow. I, well, it's, it's just funny. No, wait. Today? I that was October 31st. I thought it was October, October 31st. Is it October 31st? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh. looked it up just today because I, no. I had a discussion about it at work. Yeah, because the Twin Peaks book is being released that day too yeah. and I'm going to read them every other word. Okay, well, that no, totally changes everything yeah. that I was thinking. Okay, well, if it's October 31st, then ha- never mind. Uh, but let's let's talk about it. At Entertainment Weekly got an excerpt from the book where a mm-hmm. Starship crew member tells a story that she heard from an Imperial officer that Luke may have played a key role in the Battle of Jakku. Mm. I don't know if you guys read the excerpt. It's a really kind of crazy story, and it basically involves a hologram of Luke bringing down a group of Star Destroyers. Uh, so what was interesting mm. in that excerpt was that the crew member says, quote, the only only way to tell what is true in the grand scheme of things is to listen to lots of stories, end mm. quote. So I guess my question is, how much truth are we going to get in this book? Is it going to be little kernels or morsels? I, yeah, yeah, that's, I heard, cause I, heard, I haven't read the, the bit yet, but I heard about that today. And my initial reaction was like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't there. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't care if it's in canon novel. He wasn't there. So I know the. The concept of the book is these these legends. Some might be true, some might not be true. And yeah. That is great. I'm mm-hmm. on board. I'm exci- actually excited to read this book. But if we're going to get inside that Star Wars nerd bubble and really wonder what he was there, I just it's, it's it's a harder sell for me. Yeah, I have been so excited for this book, and I still am. And yeah. I uh, I read that excerpt, and 
I was bummed about how much it seemed apocryphal, mm-hmm. how much it seemed like a fun story of we are really invited to doubt the veracity of this, especially combined with yeah. like the aftermath uh, yep. series. Um, and I, I hope it's a balance. Mm-hmm. I hope that there are some stories that are like, that seems like that's really an exaggeration. And other ones, it seems like that sounds really accurate. Right. And then like, maybe a fairly accurate uh, assessment of the Battle of Hoth with a couple of details that we as fans know are wrong. Mm. I hope it's got a balance mm. so that we get a full picture of truly being questioning which is true and which is fake. Yeah, mm. something like, hey, Luke took down a walker by blowing it down with his mouth. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's Paul Bunyan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or those old SNL sketches of Bill Brashke. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for the book still. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm very excited. But yeah, that made me, that made my eyebrows go up. But again, yeah. it's like the movie Serendipity. You can make anything happen in that movie because it's the premise's serendipity. Look, yeah. it was meant to happen. <laughs> that's preposterous. That went well. It was meant to happen. So I guess you could get away with anything. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That movie. Um, okay, let's talk about <laughs> Battlefront 2. If you've ever wanted to fight for the Empire, you'll get your chance thanks to Battlefront 2. EA released a single-player trailer for the game, and it is so good. Mm-hmm. We hear the Emperor say, it's time to ignite the Inferno. And then we see Iden Versio mm-hmm. on Endor watching the second Death Star explode. Uh, Iden and the Inferno squad are on a mission to burn the Rebellion to the ground. She says, <laughs> today the Rebellion dies. The Empire's time has come. We're so used to rooting for the good guys, rebellion, right. and the resistance. How is it going to be to now basically root for the Empire? Is that going to be comfortable for us as game players? I mean, it's comfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm more on board because of the book. The book worked. Oh, yeah. right. The, sure. Yes, the machinations yeah. of Lucasfilm and yeah. Disney mm. books and everything and yeah. Del Rey work together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to play it because I feel like Aiden Versio has really been crafted as a believable character who's like, I understand why you uh, believe this dogma. Mm-hmm. That I objectively, as like a fan of Star Wars, think is like, yes, you believe in evil, but I understand why you believe it. And it's mm-hmm. fun. It'll be fun to walk in her shoes. Yeah. Yeah. That one of my, uh, sorry, one of my favorite tweets I saw after the trailer was released, someone tweeted out, will we get to change her face? Please tell me we get to change oh, her face. Yeah. And Janina tweeted back, nope, stuck with my face. Like So crazy. Oh, the internet. Uh, but she's doing her best to take it in stride. Yeah, no, I, I, it looks great. It looks like some, a movie I'd watch. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I watched that trailer, and then I turned to my wife and I said, can I spend four hundred dollars? Mm. And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Leia's going to be on Naboo." <laughs> like the, in that trailer, we see. I know I've read the books. I know Leia has been on Naboo or on Naboo. I've read yeah. the comic books where she's on Naboo. Yeah, she's on the moon of Naboo and Princess of all, all of Thrawn. Right. I. But that shot that looks like you will play some sort of scenario where yeah. you as Aiden and Inferno Squad mm. maybe encounter older Leia right. yes. on Naboo doing some sort of military, like, yeah, no, I need to buy a video game console I don't yet have <laughs> because of that one shot. <laughs> um, well, as, an, as the owner of 
two PlayStation uh, PlayStation Force, um, I suggest you, you buy one. All right, yeah. I'm going full Matt Foley for doing uh, old <laughs> SNL references. I'm moving in. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Yeah, I'm excited for this game. I'm excited for a lot of things out there and the storyline. Yeah, the fact that we know she kind of runs into Luke at one point, runs into uh, Kylo Ren at one point. Uh, I'm on board, and it looks great. And yeah, there's some wonderful worlds I want to walk and uh, play in. Mm-hmm. Well, in sad news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so happy. <laughs> right. What was that? That's an SNL skit. Okay. Uh, EA has shut down Visceral Games, the studio that had been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. But the Star Wars game is not dead. Instead, it will be revamped and moved to worldwide studios. The rumor is that they're changing the game from a story-based linear adventure to a game that players can uh, play and will want to come back to and basically spend a lot of money doing it. So that makes me think, I mean, are we going to get that kind of adventure story that we've been hoping for, like an Uncharted or The Last of Us, Red Dead Redemption, or is it going to be more of a Battlefront-style game? Well, from what I've heard, and actually I should say a lot of people tweeted me specifically the day this happened um, with, like, what's your opinion on it? And I was like, I've I don't have an opinion on it. This game wasn't on my radar screen. Mm. Um, I knew about it. In fact, I knew one of my old best friends from my old job, one of his new best friends, is, was the director of this. And I was desperately trying to get information from him at one point, and I couldn't. Um, and now it wouldn't have mattered anyways. But um, I think you mentioned Uncharted. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was in, from what I've heard, it was, it was more like that. And then they were like, no, because you could sit down and play that in eight hours. Right. We want that Red Dead Redemption immersive play poker, play sabak probably for hours oh, type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at here. But I, I'm not yeah. a game expert. The video game horror stories that I have read and chatted about with people who, who work in the industry is that it was more in the Red Dead Redemption world mm-hmm. where it was a big, expansive world, but you were still one character Gotcha. Who was moving through it? It was basically Red Dead Rebellion. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, I could be on board with that. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. We we would all love that, but those games that are still like first person narrative driven, even though it's a world you can wander through and play poker or sabak or whatever, yeah. that they want it to be much more like online multiplayer. Kind of. Nice jump in. Right. Yeah, so it is, you know, not single-player based. It's play with your friends online, be better than them, so you'll mm. get hooked in the mouth with the microtransactions oh, like a fish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the fear, that it was closer to something cool like Red Dead Redemption, and now it is farther into just multiplayer moneymaker. Mm. That's so disappointing. Well, well yeah. More knows? Battlefront 2 for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always in motion is the video game future. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I true. guess in happy news, if you're a Tad and Bink fan, Han Solo director Ron Sa- Howard is just full of surprises. He posted a <laughs> photo on Twitter with the hashtag Tag and Bink. Question mark. Many fans online went crazy knowing that Tag and Bink, a hapless duo from a series of Dark Horse comics in 2001, will be in the new Han Solo film. So for those of you who don't know, Tag and Bink are rebel soldiers who cross paths with basically every major character in the original trilogy and prequels. They're basically the Forrest Gumps of Star Wars. Now, I personally have never read the comics. But yeah. were you, are you guys fans? Were you familiar? They're- are they Imperial soldiers or rebel soldiers? They're rebel, they're rebel soldiers uh-huh. at first, and they get stuck in the, on the blockade runner. Okay. They try to escape. They get in Stormtrooper gear, and then I have not read it. Um, 
And Kevin Rubio wrote it, the guy right. behind Troops. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to read it now. I'm going to seek it out and read yeah. it now. Because it does seem funny. It does seem interesting. It's yeah. very popular. And there were some follow-ups where they ended up, they started out as two young Padawans who were kind of low, low-level low Padawans. So there's a lot there. None of it canon. But I like that it's a, you know, John Kasdan was the one who wrote them into the, the story. And mm-hmm. I, I like that because right. it shows that, you know, you can get those kind of things snuck in the back door into the new Star Wars canon that that had some importance to fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I I had not been familiar with them, but I, I totally agree with Ken that it's just really cool that that uh, Star Wars proper can give nods to all of these corners of Star Wars fandom. Right. Yeah. So yeah. many people were so excited, and I felt like the dorky kid who had no idea. I was like, I think I've heard that name before. Who are right. they? Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to know now. Um, Solo. (laughs) Solo. Sorry, that's not very good. Uh, I'm not talking about that Jabba scene from A New Hope that I don't particularly care for. Solo is a long-awaited title of the Han Solo film. Ron Howard posted a video to Twitter with a special message to the fans where he revealed that the film is called Solo, A Star Wars Story. So for some reason, this cause, this title caused so much uh, negative reaction online. Why? Why? That's that's a great question, Jennifer. Answer that for me. Why? I don't know. Here's my general theory. I think that there's plenty of individual gripes, concerns, uh, subjective problems to have with Lucasfilm. But I think there is a little bit of a growing, like Lucasfilm, Disney is a giant corporation, and it's easy to just start treating them as an, as the empire. Mm. Right. And every time something happens that you're not sure about, you can kind of just add to, like, this big corporation is right. ruining Star Wars. So I think individual concerns, I think the perspective of Solo colon a Star Wars story I don't know if that's the most creative or interesting. Maybe a Star Wars story was a bad idea to subtitle them. Like, those individual opinions, great. But I think if you start sort of piling them up into all sorts of grievances, it starts to take on this, like, inflated Disney is mm-hmm. malevolent, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think we should just be concerned with our individual, like, I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. I like right. that. Right. Yeah. I still think... I, I, I can get behind the idea of it's not a creative title, but that's fine. I didn't need it to be. I didn't expect it to be. I expected it to be called Han Solo. But so, and again, I go to this idea of if you're sitting around at a table, how do you market this movie? Well, it's got one of the all-time most marketable movie characters ever. Yeah. <laughs> People know his name, which is why I actually, again, maybe thought it was going to be Han Solo. It's, right. It's simple enough. But Solo, a Star Wars story? It's direct, it's simple, that movie's had so many complicated moving parts, I didn't expect it to be something cute, something tongue-in-cheek, which I guarantee we, we, being the royal we as Star Wars fans, would have had a problem with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it was Dawn of the Smuggler, (gasps) people would be like, what? Yeah. Did you like it, Jennifer? Are you perfect? I I knew it was coming because I had seen a crew member shirt that somebody had posted online way Mm. a few months ago. It was like, is it Solo? A Star Wars story, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's the title of the film. So I'd already prepped myself. And it makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what would they have called it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just, you know, the great Wookiee caper, or Kessel Run, or <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> Smuggler's Run. Bounty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Solo gets his groove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just, no, just get to, get to the point. Yeah. You know? Keep it simple. My problem is a Star Wars story, because they have backed yeah. themselves mm. into a colon problem. This is colon <laughs> wars. The problem is they can't give a movie three titles with three colons. Yeah, yeah. And w- if they hadn't done the a Star Wars story and it, yeah. uh, weren't tied to it, this could be Han Solo, colon, you know, smugglers run. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that's right, you're the right main that. problem. That's why the that's to me why the title isn't creative because they backed themselves into a colon, colon corner. Colon corner. Ooh, <laughs> that's careful of those colon corners. <laughs> wow, because then that opens up the possibilities of yeah. a second and a third. Yeah, what no, it's adventure. yeah. If there is a sequel, now it's mm-hmm. solo too. Great, uh, yeah. an invitation <laughs> for puns. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And like, I I understand why they have the a Star Wars story thing there to to communicate to the to the non Star Wars fans or the general. Star Wars fans, Rogue One and wouldn't st- stood up on its own. We know that, but I yeah. think you're right. Maybe another way, another naming convention wouldn't uh, wouldn't have put in there. I didn't. I had never really thought about it in those terms until I think you angry tweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, you're right. It, 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 it you are limited to something short and punchy. And yeah, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, you guys. That's the news. That's Yay. the news. And so we are out of here. But actually not. <laughs> moving on to our next thing here. That is our take on the Star Wars news. And one of the Star Wars novels out there right now is from a certain point of view. So I don't want to necessarily call this a review of it, but essentially it's a mini review. Jennifer, we know uh, you haven't had a chance to read this. No, but I've I've read a couple, uh, not hmm. excerpts, but reviews. Yeah, and it's very intriguing. Some of these stories, yeah. are out there. Yeah, oh, some of them are. Nice way I like of putting that. it. And um, some of them we're going to tell you what happened in them because we want to hear your reaction on air. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. There's oh at boy. least one that we want to just drop the yeah. dime and get your reaction. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm so ready. Um, I'll go first, Joseph. Yeah, uh, go for it. I have a complicated relationship with this book. Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. On Facebook mm. with Ken and from a certain point of view. Yeah. And me. And you. Yeah. yeah. I love the concept. I love the attempt. I love the just the grand idea they had. 40 stories, 40 authors, 40 years of Star Wars. Take a new hope and tell the movie again from a certain point of view of other characters. And I'm on board for that. I give them all the credit in the world for that. I give every one of these authors, all 40, credit for diving into the Star Wars universe because that is tough. That said, with, with 40 stories, some are going to work, some aren't going to work. And... That's the simple way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. For me, uh, I think the from a certain point of view title is exactly right, even in a meta way. Mm-hmm. Like in the book, we see different perspectives on the narrative of A New Hope, but ultimately the big picture of what Obi-Wan Kenobi is originally trying to communicate by yeah. from a certain point of view is your truth changes right. based on your perspective. And for my perspective, uh, this book is from a lot of different authors' perspectives mm-hmm. of what Star Wars should be. And there are stories right. that I loved because they were in sync with my perspective of what Star Wars should be. Right. And there were some that was just like, for me, it's not good, it's not bad, but that is not Star Wars to me. So I personally was like, I don't like that story. Yeah, I think in particular, it, there were some moments of over-explaining... Ooh. Like little canon issues. Ooh. And like, I, I'm a comedian and I love Star Wars and that's been the truth for my uh, extremely long life. Yeah. Uh, and I've made those jokes and I don't need them explained anymore. Yeah. Like they're jokes and they're fine and it's a little 
continuity or whatever. And then there's some comedy that to me just breaks the world of Star Wars. And that's my least favorite thing personally in Star Wars yeah. when the real world intrudes in Star Wars. And there's some moments where like the jokes become too meta yeah. in some of the stories. So those are the stories I don't like. And then there's some stories that blew my mind and were great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Stolen Borden. <laughs> uh, point me to the ones that you guys think are good. Yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. Ones that I'll read. Absolutely. I mean, we can, I don't know if we want to run off the list here. It's, there's a lot. But. Yeah, there are a lot of great ones. I picked out like uh, seven. <laughs> I was trying to keep the list short, and I picked seven. I, 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 picked, up, uh, I picked up a little bit more. We don't have to go into all of them there. But a, 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 what's funny, and I think you had the same problems. I, I just kind of, not problem, but the same thing happened. I ra- I was just typing down the list of, oh I, oh, I liked that one. I liked that one. And then I was putting the authors in. I was like, oh, all these people have written Star Wars before. Oh. Which is not to say that's everyone on this list. Um, no, there are some new people on some, my, my yeah. faves, but yeah. There is something, and, and it's that phrase, and I totally get it, that it's it's annoying and a little bit uh, smug for fans to be like, well, that's not Star Wars. We talk about that often. I, I, I'm sure around the Lucasfilm offices they would hate to hear that, because what is Star Wars? But there is a thing. It is a thing, and when you see it and you read it, in this book, it jumps off the page as not Star Wars sometimes. And that's what I'm trying yeah. to be open to. That's not Star Wars to me. Yeah. Mm. And say, like, uh, fair mm. enough. If some people are really into, like, uh, Star Wars is funny, Star Wars is wacky. Yeah. Great. It's not that it can't be. But, but yeah. Uh, and, and the answering whew, the answering of little tiny morsels in canon is where the book, that's when it would lose me at times. Yeah. There was great explanations. There's one that's about why Mon Mothma wasn't at Yavin 4 during New Hope. Yeah, let's talk about that. Oh. Let's talk about that one. That one this, is... We're going to in full spoiler territory so we can share with Jennifer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contingency Plan by Alexander Freed. Uh, wrote the Twilight uh, first Battlefront novel, Twilight Company, and then... Uh, the Rogue One Rogue novelization, right? Which is great. Which I love. Um, he did a great one here talking about Mon Mothma basically was sent away. She was forced off Yavin by other yeah. people. Yeah. What? Yeah. To be like, well, we know that we could all die. Because wow. this is also, everything, this, this manages to lock into canon that everything between Rogue One and New Hope is real, real, real tight. Like, we all thought that, but this locks it in. Mm. Yeah, it locks it in that we're talking a matter of days, they mentioned. Yeah. Like, a oh, few gosh. hours later, 36 to 48 hour type of range. I think one of the stories gives it exactly. Yeah, and like, the, the course of A New Hope itself is about three days. Three days. It kind of comes out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, everything's happening so fast, and they're basically like, hey, we might take down the Death Star, or yeah. the, this iteration of the Rebellion might end, so you got to get out of here, Mon. Wow. Yeah, so she leaves, and there's, she, she writes a couple different, you know, there's visions of the possible future, and running through her head and both the story's head, the, the, the collective uh, we as a fan, we're, we're, we're seeing these possible futures play out in which Yavin 4 is destroyed. And, this, and the final one is she's basically penning a surrender note to the emperor, basically. A surrender oh, and possibly yeah. suicide, suicide. Oh, no, yeah. is the, yeah. yeah, so that she was, and the just, she's, it's great because she is so strong, mm-hmm. you know, and she's in Rebels and she comes across as so strong because she is, but then it, it, it's got this great humanity of like, I tried so hard to make this rebellion work yeah. and it failed and so many people died because of me and I need to take responsibility for that. So this, this book yeah. goes everything from the weight of if Luke hadn't blown up the Death Star, Mon Mothma might have killed herself. <laughs> killed herself. Might, have oh sur- might have sent out a message of surrender to the galaxy, yeah. apologizing, killed herself. Yeah. And then 
super wacky crap. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it goes the gamut. This book, and and I enjoyed this one, but it's probably one of the more controversial ones. It's also the longest. Is the Cluehorn Cantina Caper by Kelly Sue McConaughey and Matt Fraction? They're two of my favorite comic book writers right now. Fractions run on Hawk, Hawkeye's my favorite superhero comic. It's really funny, and I enjoyed it. It's really funny to a point of. I'm reading like a Star Wars parody story here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in, I, I will say for myself too. Like, I know a lot of these authors. Mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. uh, performed with them at conventions or know them through other like geek comedy yeah. worlds. So, like, that was also weird for me too. Of the up and down of like, I can hear this person saying uh, yeah. this. My mind flashes to jokes they've made in a bar. And like, yeah. how much did that influence <laughs> what you did? Yeah, but the, the Cluehorn Caper, I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I cited as an example of the opposite end. You know, you got Mon Mothman Killer Sup, and you got a crazy Cluehorn adventure and all it's, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's Cabe in Mooftalk. <gasps> yeah. The Mooftalk. Oh. It's yeah. one of the ones that makes Ekmena uh, from yeah. the Holiday Special oh, yeah. canon. Because oh, Cabe and Mooftalk live underneath in these like weird tunnels underneath oh yeah the chalman's cantina which yeah and so Akmena charges them rent to yeah. live in a tube no yes oh i love yes. that and it's good and so but so chalman's cantina is this new to me was this already the answer and i just didn't know what that is chalman's yeah we, yeah i never paid attention to that oh. my entire oh. star wars life this was a reclaiming of old canon God. Of like, right, yeah, this right. has been Chalman's The Wookiees forever. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. Because, again, I don't pay attention much to the expanded universe, the <laughs> yeah. original extended universe. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was so like, that was all locked huh. in. Yeah. But, I mean, I think uh, I think uh, another... Uh, Sorry, I'm taking a sip of whiskey, whiskey please on do. that one. <laughs> sip for Chalman. Mm, Chalman. Uh, Tag and bank and Chalman. <laughs> the, the book clumps up around the cantina... Because there's some repetition in, in the stories. Great, great way. And then the book clumps up again in the trench run because there's repetition. Ooh. And it's yeah. it's hard because all of the individual stories are great. Mm-hmm. But this book could have been subtitled Greedo is an Idiot because there are yes. three stories where we learn that three Greedo's... four. He's mentioned so many times. That Greedo's an idiot and yep. Dr. Evazan is yeah. nasty crazy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, in some ways, I think I'm going to enjoy some of these stories just by revisiting that, like, I have five minutes. I want some Star Wars. Yes. I'm going to reread one story. Yeah, I actually think, because you and I read it as a homework assignment. I was cramming as much as I could in. I know you were five yeah. hours today. God bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think, Jennifer, you you might have a perspective when you just pick up a story and let me read it. Right. That'll be enjoyable. Yeah, because they don't connect. They don't necessarily, 40 separate stories, <laughs> but there's references to previous ones. Yeah, a couple of them, the authors work together independently to right. connect in there. Right. There's some moments where that, that works. Yeah. Um, what else do you have on your list? I'm curious about our yeah. overlap um, of so, favorites. Uh, uh, of favorites? How about this? I'll just run through quickly here. Ramus by Gary Witta. Great. Uh, Witta is so good in this Rogue One era. And uh, the connecting of Rogue One to A New Hope with, with Captain Antilles is great. Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Yes. Which I, is... We'll talk more about that Yeah, one. we'll yeah. come back to that. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon communing. Um, we Don't Serve Their Kind Here by Chuck Wendig, yep. which is were the bartender. <laughs> also confirms that Ackman is the night shift bartender. Um, love that one. That Amazing. one is spectacular, fun, and that's where Wendig's humor, I think, really shines. It's fun. Like, um, uh, Cluehorn, I, I did like the Cluehorn Cantina Caper, but it's an example of how this book can get go to weird places, which some of you might not like. Secrets of Long Snoot by Delilah S. Dawson, who wrote Phasma. Uh, uh, Lena by Will Wheaton, I thought it was really touching. It was dark. 
Uh, fully operational by Beth Revis, which is TAG, Casio TAG. Yeah. You know I love my Imperial officers. So uh, Mallory or- Orthberg's an incident report, which is Moti, basically filing a complaint that Vader <laughs> choked him. Um, <laughs> and it's got some great, That's that one's great. got a good example of really walking that line. It's got some great meta humor that yes. does sound like a sniveling jackass <laughs> who would file a complaint in our real world. But doesn't quite break Star Wars reality. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that, Walks the line. Well said. Well said. Um, fully uh, no, uh, Change of Heart by Elizabeth Wayne, which I really liked. Uh, this was uh, one of the uh, guys uh, flanking Vader when he tor- uh, interrogated and tortured Leia. Mm. And who then takes her up to, the, to watch Alderaan be destroyed. And he has kind of a change of heart when he sees it all happening. And I thought it was a really good way. But there are some incidents. And we, you could talk about Joseph on the negative side. A lot of stormtroopers... Not giving a crap or changing like team. There just, are multiple stories where stormtroopers or, or imperials of some kind have a change of heart, which is an awesome story. But it's mm-hmm. too bad in in from a certain point of view that we hear that same point of view multiple times multiple in multiple times. stories. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm just rather this, but no, no, Eclipse great. by Madeline Rood. Now, now Madeline is my friend. Literally uh, been to Star Wars conventions with her. Um, she made me cry, and I wrote her. I said, Aww. "You made me cry." This first Star Wars material that made me cry. It is a story of. Uh, the Death Star taken out Alderaan uh, from Brea Organa's point of view. And there's some stuff in there of her and Bale hugging for the last time oh, as it no. happens. And her w- wondering and worrying because where's Leia? Leia hasn't returned. And uh, the last kind of words that they share are she lives and oh gosh, it, it, oh, it, was, powerful. it was powerful. And, so and, and she clearly coordinated with mm-hmm. Princess of Alderaan. Yes. Oh. Because the characters who feature there and the portrayal of yep. Rhea that Claudia Gray did works seamlessly yeah. with what Madeline wrote. Yeah, it absolutely. So so Maddie, I uh, wrote her, I told her to tell the world how great it is. I hope she gets a, I hope she gets a full Star Wars book later on. Uh, End of Watch by Adam Christopher. Time of Death by Kevon Scott, which is Obi-Wan's. Mm-hmm. His death, both Obi-Wan stories. Uh, uh, the, then I'll skip one. We'll come back to that. Sparks by Paulus Kemp. Desert Sun by Pierce Brown. And, contingent, and Contingency Plan we talked about. Sparks and Desert Sun are part of that Death Star Trench run. And there's a lot of good ones on the side. But you, after a while, after like the fourth one, you're hearing... You know, cut the chatter red to like fourteen different ways. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and those both have great perspectives. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but they're I think more enjoyed and, on their own than reading them in a, in a row. And to watch is a good one because that well, that's that's the other side of the conversation with Han Solo from the detention block. We're fine here. How, how are you? It's that conversation. Oh, it's on the funny. other side, and that one worked of. That is a great example of me of how this book and the idea can work. Of here's a great moment, a historic moment in Star Wars, but here's the other point of view of what was going on. Yeah, and that person, I believe it's that story that that person also hears Tarkin basically saying something about the princess. And it's just yes. a worker on the Death Star who's fairly high level who suddenly has the epiphany of like, I have no idea what's going on. There's a jailbreak and a princess. princess? And yeah. What the hell is even going on? They talk about a million people, though it's classified on the Death Star, and there's this great moment because you don't really figure out what's going on where she's like, well, we have to call Tarkin. And it's like that you don't just call the boss, but this is important. We got, and they're like, he's in a meeting. Literally, those words are said. Like, he, he's in a meeting. Well, he's uh. talking to Vader. And that's the scene where, you know, the princess's cell, you know, and it's it's great perspective there. But also touches on the idea that one of the uh, troopers under this officer's command has a brother stationed on Scarif. And it's like, I haven't heard from him in like (gasps) days. I haven't heard from him, but it's a classified detail. It's like working Area 51 and no one knows. And it shows and she actually says like. 
you could be on this Death Star and not know what you were doing. Mm. So they destroyed Scarif, and they didn't know. Wow. They had no yeah. idea what was going on. Probably murdered his yeah. family. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah. And then the final one on my list, and then we'll go okay. in here, uh, is There is Another by Gary D. Schmidt. It's about Yoda on Dagobah. Okay. So I want to come back to what I call the Force Trilogy. Yeah. Because those are the ones that I love the most, which was uh, I did not do my due diligence and write down the titles of each uh, individual story. I had so some you, time over dinner. You beat me on homework, <laughs> Ken. But the Qui-Gon story by Claudia Gray, mm-hmm. uh, the Obi-Wan and the Yoda, there is another. Yes. Is, the, is that the Yoda one? The Obi-Wan is time of death. Those those, those three we'll come back to. Yeah. Uh, the Wu Hair, I wanted to say I love that. Uh, 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 Chuck Wendig did a great job of balancing his comedy and his drama. Because what was really cool is we learned that Wu Hair is basically uh, an orphan mm-hmm. because his parents were slaughtered in the middle of the Clone Wars by droids. So you oh. get a kind of cheeky but in-universe reason of yeah. why he truly hates droids. Yeah. And then has this uncomfortable sense memory when Obi-Wan ignites his blade because his parents were already dead, but Jedi saved him during the Clone Wars. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, Wendig, you know, gets known for being, you know, just all the way to the wall, uh, funny, over the top, exciting, you know, dynamic, because that's his writing style. But I thought that was one of the, in this whole book, best in-universe, like, that's great. That gives an extra dimension to Wu Hair. Yeah. That's in universe. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love I that one. The Lando one that I did not write down the title of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Ken can look up while I'm I'll look blabbering. it up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. This is so great. Uh, and this is the one of the ones, because I know you're a Lando fan, that I wanted to tell you. Yeah. It's got a great description of a card game that Lando is playing. This gambling game captures Lando's character, but what it boils down to is the Death Star has already been destroyed. The Rebels have leaked a video of it on the Dark Holonet. The Dark Net. <gasps> the Dark what? Net. The Dark Holonet. And so he's in a bar, and people are trying to watch it just to watch the Death Star explode, and he's like, no, play that back. What ship yeah. flew in at the last minute? What? That is not Hans. And then he's yeah. like, I need, and he demands that the bar plays it three times so he can watch the exact style of flying. Oh, I so love he can it. verify to himself that it was Han Solo. And he has this great narrative of like, yeah. uh, heroes have hope and then they get killed. Mm-hmm. And that's not who I am. And that's not who my buddy Han Solo. What are you doing, Han Solo? <laughs> yeah. And with my ship. Oh, that's so great. That's beautiful. Yeah, Extremely right. well written. It's a good one. Uh, it's in, called The Angle it. by Charles Soule, who's that, uh, killing on the Darth Vader comic. Right? Yeah, and just like the actual Millennium Falcon, it swoops in at the end of the book and is really yeah. a great thing uh, yeah. at the end of the book. Uh, the Mon Mothma one. Uh, the Dianoga story, which is called The oh, Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Real short version of it. Uh, yeah. We learned that it is the the Dianoga being captured yep. from whatever its homeworld is, yep. brought to the Death Star because it eats junk, yeah. it eats meat and just gristle, <laughs> and it and is dumped in there on purpose to be an extra, like an organic recycling yeah. machine. Yeah, uh, but it's force sensitive. It yeah. discovers in when I, I saw a spoiler of this, and I was like, "That's bullshit!" And I'm yeah. going to be so mad. And I love this story. Yeah. Because we discover that it's Force-sensitive and that it recognizes that Luke is Force-sensitive and it drags him under the water is this weird kind of baptism. Yeah. And it's one of those things of, like, this is, to me, the strongest point of this book of from a certain point of view, like the Garen Dan Longstout story, Yeah, where you learn that this thing that we've always accepted as a monster, an yeah. alien, a jerk... Mm-hmm. Has this whole? It's we saw the tip of the iceberg in this whole other reality. Yeah, and it's like 
very beautiful because it's the truth of all of us. We're yeah. the stars of our own stories, but everyone yeah. we meet in real life has their own story. And this is one That's of those great true. examples of the Dianoga's got a story, and it's weird and cool, I think. Yeah. Neti Oka Okorafor. Okorafor. Yeah. The author. And I don't, I don't know a it's, lot about the author. Um, it's, be- it's beautifully written. Yeah. It's, Bizarre, bizarre, <laughs> but, but it's beautifully bizarre. written. Beautifully written, yes. uh, uh, with the caveat that I'm that I'm friends with uh, with Will Wheaton, and he showed me the story. Uh, he uh, offered to show me the story early, but that we didn't <laughs> end up getting time. Yeah. So I got to end up uh, uh, reading uh, Lena in yeah. the just in the book, and I thought it was great. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's sad. It's real sad. sad. So it's the story uh, ostensibly of one of the rebels who is up on the little. Uh, uh, right. Basically, yes. Uh, yes. Guard tower. The guard tower. There we go. On Yavin 4. Yeah, yes. Yavin 4. And an attempt to make the rest of his family safe that doesn't work out. So it's real bittersweet. Yeah. And it's like, Ugh. it was a, it was well written and nice and short and compact and sort of daring. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was. Uh, and then the final one before we talk about the, the Big Force 3 is, uh, I love the Java one uh, from Griffin McElroy. Oh yeah, it was good of a Jawa who dreamed. The Jawa <laughs> dreamed, and Aww. like yeah, and I think I talked yeah. a little about it a little bit. Basically, the the story is is like he creates a little hidden space within the sand crawler that he can hide in. He discovers mm. that droids basically have projectors, so he can watch stories. <gasps> so he watches whatever the droids have memories of, and then erase them. And then he sees R 2s memory. Yeah, and he sees how expansive and amazing and everything this droid has been through and he can't bring himself to wipe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. good. Yeah, actually, like, I forgot about that. Oh, that's the it's, heart it's, of Star Wars. It's oh. early on in the book and I yeah. forgot about that one there. All right. But let's talk about All the right. Force trilogy. So Jennifer, I apologize. You've been s- silent here listening for the last 10 minutes. So I feel bad about that. No, yeah, we're this just is ranting. fascinating. We're ranting at you. Your voice is valuable here. So we're going to get your reaction here. Like okay. one of those little YouTube reaction videos. <laughs> this is a podcast reaction section. All right. So very... Very short, uh, Obi-Wan, while Luke is going back to his hut, mm-hmm. uh, not his hut, to the homestead, yeah. mm-hmm. to check on his aunt and uncle, yeah. Obi-Wan demands to commune with Qui-Gon. <gasps> and we get this great information of uh, Force ghosts of that they can reassemble themselves to physically appear, <gasps> but, th- but it's a lot of work and a little painful because they're one with the Force. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, Qui- but Obi-Wan is calling, so Qui-Gon pulls himself back together and his identity back together, and he has this beautiful conversation mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan. And Force ghosts are kind of aware of the future, mm-hmm. so he knows that Obi-Wan is going to be one with the Force soon, but doesn't mm-hmm. want to tell Obi-Wan, but they have this very tender conversation where Qui-Gon is praising Obi-Wan for being a true hero. Wow. Yeah. So that's a beautiful that's story. Uh, and then we get Obi-Wan's story of the moment he dies on the yeah. Death Star in the moment he becomes a Force ghost. And anybody who's a Kurt Vonnegut fan uh, of Slaughterhouse Five, uh, Billy Pilgrim has become unstuck in time. Mm-hmm. Basically, Obi-Wan jumps back and forth between different moments of his existence. Whoa. Yeah. We get a story of him protecting Luke when he's very young on Tatooine. Uh, three or four. Yeah. And this, it, it's like this very painful birth into yeah. being a Force ghost. Yeah. But it ends up being very... Beautiful for him, ultimately. It, yeah, and it connects to the run, Luke, run moment very yeah. well. It, very well. Like yeah. it's, it's like he's having simultaneous visions and looking at reality at the same time. It's, it's, yeah. it's mind-blowing. It's Amazing. a trip. Amazing. Oh, so yeah. great. And yeah. then Yoda, toward the end, mm. on Dagobah, yes. is lonely. Beating himself up a little bit. Yeah, a little self Feeling really old. Aww. Yeah. 
Uh, It's got this great detail that basically uh, probe droids check Dagobah often. Really? And he has to be really really mindful in reaching out for the Force and the droids and destroying them. But the big, to me, I think one of the biggest things. Yeah, yeah. New canon in this. Yoda pines for the ability to train Skywalker. Yes. In the Skywalker he wants to train. Is Leia? Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's 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 pretty, beautiful. It's, it's the best what? new information in this book that, yeah. that that you really go into. That he it's 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 really on the day. It goes into the day to day life of Dagobah. Um, how there's seasonal changes uh, during a certain time, the dry time or the wet time, huh. uh, the the valley is flooded, so to speak, where his hut is. And so he has to wait for it to dry out, and he goes back to it, and this is when it happens. And there's two things. There's the Qui-Gon blanket yeah. and the Obi-Wan bucket This is cup. so great. <laughs> so his blanket, you know, the one he pulls up on himself yes. when he passes into the forest? Yes. It's Qui-Gon's rope. Oh, no, I can't <laughs> take it. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he has a cup that Obi-Wan made yeah. when he was a little Padawan to what? eat his soup out of or whatever <laughs> that Yoda took with him to Dagobah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh. he needs to, he ends up having to break it to, def- to destroy yeah. a probe droid. Yes. And then Obi-Wan has become one with the Force. So he like appears more forcefully to Yoda and is like, yeah. Uh, one of these days I'm going to send Luke to you. And Yoda's like, ah, the reckless, impatient one who can mm-hmm. never yeah. keep his mind on where he is. No. Send me the determined, proud, defiant, but still empathetic and smart and diligent. Send me the one that was born to be a Jedi. I want to train her. It makes me want to cry. And and Obi-Wan basically is like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm sending you Luke. I'm sending you the crazy boy because I decided he's the chosen one. Yeah. It's really, and then when the reveal, oh, because you fall for it, because at first it's like, ah, you know, training Skywalker, Skywalker. And then you realize, and he says bluntly, it's, it's you know, she mm. wanted to train her. He talks about his missingness because he doesn't have his lightsaber. And he's killing, he's destroying these probots. And he's like, how he, how he pines for his light. He misses the lightsaber and how he so wanted to hand it over to her. And it's a great moment. It's great stuff. So powerful. Yeah, so powerful. Here. Who wrote this yeah, incredible I mean, it's, it's story? It's called There's Another. But like, yeah, I think that was like, that was a high point oh my uh, for me. Because it was like juicy new can for those of us who are deep into the Star Wars bubble and are wondering. It's Gary, yes, I think I said it, but Gary D. Schmidt. Gary, Gary D. Schmidt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's um, so much great. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, those, those were my favorites. There are other great ones, uh, but those were my favorites. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 uh, I, I suggest all Star Wars fans read it and decide for yourself here. Uh, there's going to be some ones that uh, you know maybe you, like us, you're not going to like, but maybe you do love it. Maybe it's a home run every one, every time out. Um, you know, we're going to not dive into one of the ones we didn't like because it's not fair to the creators, and and all of them are good efforts. Again, I applaud the efforts because this is a this is hard. This is retelling stuff. This is filling in details, and sometimes maybe they fill in too much details, but that's also what was asked of the project. So yeah. uh, I still think if you haven't read it and you're still listening now and you want to go through it, absolutely do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want to wrap up other conversation with a thing that's been floating in the Star Wars world of do we want yeah. books like this for every movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, go. Yeah, I and you know what? And, and the answer is yes. Yes. Because um, the concept is still really intriguing to me. You could find a way to do it uh, different, but maybe a little more cohesive. 
Uh, I love the different styles of all the stories. Yeah. That's, that was fine. It just sometimes it was jarring, but that's fine. That's the nature of an anthology. So, yeah, Empire Jedi, maybe. I don't know. Prequels might be interesting. Yeah. More? I for sure want the prequels. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Maybe. Because there are going to be lots of people who are trying to fix things that they don't think are right about the prequels and all that. That's true. But uh, it is worth it to me. To get a Team Toast story. Or write a Team Toast story, <laughs> damn it. I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a write that. I'm starting yeah. my campaign. Let's yeah. do it. I want to write that Team Toast story. Yeah. Team Topaglius. Yeah. I the can write drunk the, pod racer. I can write the uh, Elon Sleaze-Bagano story. <laughs> <laughs> so he cleaned up his life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, if there were books like this for every film, mm-hmm. which character's perspective would you want to hear? Which like small character who could have a different perspective than we ever thought out of all the rest of the movies? Oh, Boy, well, it's so interesting because what I was most most interested in reading in this this book was seeing these side characters, you know, yeah, or mm-hmm. the bartender or Cabe or learning all these little side tidbits. But then you're sharing these incredible, huge moments mm-hmm. with Yoda and Qui Gon and Obi Wan. So then, I don't know. It changes my perspective. Why not explore these major characters? Yeah, what they're thinking and, and why yeah. they've done what they've done. Um, I can't think of anything at the, off the top of my head, but it's it's surprising, I mm-hmm. guess. If there were, I mean, you are such a Return of the Jedi person, mm-hmm, and yeah. certainly, if there's a Return of the Jedi book, half the book would just be different people in Jabba's palace. Right. But we would yeah, inevitably yeah. get to the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. And what do you? What would you want fleshed out from the Ewoks? Would you want an Ewok story, a specific Ewok? What perspective would you want? I think I wanted to explore their culture mm. and the, how they function as a community, Ooh. and you know the hierarchy, how they train, um, the the love. You know, the, there's relationships, there's walking, yeah. so you know there's some love there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and also yeah, the the peril, the danger yeah. that they face. Yeah. Well, to be explored. That's why the rise of Chief Chirpa needs to be told. Yes. Exactly. That you know what? That decision to say, you know, I want Paplu's story. Why did yeah, he yeah. say, yes, I'm gonna force the rest of the community's hand, the rest of the tribe's hand. We're gonna yeah. be all in. Mm. Even though some of us are gonna die. Yeah. It's worth it to fight. Yeah. Well, how how did he how did Pablo become ride or die? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for it. It would work. It would work. Uh, you know. We'll see if they pull that off. They see if they wait for forty years at the anniversary of those Each ones. Each one, yeah. yeah. Every three years, we'll get one of these. I can wow. see that. I can see that. Um, well, uh, that that brings to close. That we want to get to our, our questions here now. Uh, if you guys any have any thoughts about from a certain point of view, let us know here at Four Center. Reach on out and tell us what you thought. And tell us what your favorite stories were and why. But now it's time for some questions. Yeah, that's right. Uh, recently put out new requests on Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon, and I just want to acknowledge that we got a ton of good questions, and we'll be trying to get to as many of them as yeah. possible. We only do four per episode. Here we go from our non-Patreon our two non-Patreon questions, Eric Ramsour on Facebook says, do you think the last Jedi novelization is being pushed three months after the movie to make sure no arm tearing or dark murderous voice situations have to be explained as not being canon? Uh, I believe Eric is referencing uh, some of the uh, things in the Force Awakens uh, novelization that were like, "Eh?" Right, uh, and I think also actually Rogue One had a couple things that yeah. disagreed with some things that uh, Pablo Hidalgo yep. said on Twitter. So, yep. uh, and Eric also a- added comically, "I'm asking because I take this way too seriously, and my life isn't nearly as interesting." Thanks, Eric. We're right there with you. Oh yes. yeah, Eric. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your life is interesting because you know what you have. You have an opinion on this, and that's important. Yeah, yeah. I, I think absolutely. I think there's some really important things in here. It gets me more excited for the movie, Jennifer, that I think they're pushing this back 
for a reason. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And actually, pushing back is not the correct term. Just this was the release date given. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's going to be no spoilers. No, because I think, like you guys said, we, there's going to be some big, big reveals that we're going to get in the film, and they want to, you know, wait until everyone has seen it. Yeah. Plenty of time. I yeah. think that's great because we can enjoy the the story one way, and then a little while later yeah. we get to enjoy it in novel form, and there's time to to make sure that, like, if there are interesting tidbits. Right. That are new. Mm-hmm. They're truly canon, and we don't have to debate them on a podcast. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> great question, Eric. Uh, from Co Dameron on Twitter, Twitter handle at the Green Colleen, on which Star Wars planet would you get married? Mm-hmm. Which character would be the best wedding planner? Who would give the best speech? Ah. That is a hard one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Now, uh, Jennifer, you and I are married. Yeah. Ken, mm. you have a serious partner. Yeah, yeah. And you've um, been to like eight hundred weddings in the last two days. <laughs> this is yes. this is true. And I was thinking about that. Uh, uh, got to go up to Carmel, very Endor by the beach like. Mm. Got to go to the Malibu Hills Saturday. For uh, Matt Mercer and Marisha Ray's wedding, and that was uh, so deep into the Malibu Hills, it felt like Endor. <laughs> um, so I know Naboo had a wedding, and you know I did that Spotlight Star Wars a couple weeks ago about Star Wars weddings, and I I did mention that Naboo wedding. I didn't. I, I'm talking about a big ceremony, so I I, I think I I might go to Endor. I'm sure there's got to oh, be yeah. it'd be a destination wedding. For Travel sure. on out. Take the uh, take uh, the old Star Wars Star Tours out there, and uh, go to Endor. And as who who would plan it? Um, there's some I was thinking would three PO be a good planner, but nah, he'd be, he'd be overly fussy. He'd He's be like annoying. a real wedding planner. He yeah, would get he is. <laughs> yeah, too much in your business. Um, so <laughs> maybe the guy who's the best at planning in Star Wars, a little bit of legends fueled into that, but uh, General Crix Maydeen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, he planned the assault on Endor, so. <laughs> Maybe he That's planned great. a good wedding. You know what? Yes. That should be your story yeah. in the Return of a Jedi from a certain point of view of there Hot Maydeen. Hot Maydeen. His hot hair Maydeen. comes down, his pointers out. Yeah. And for, gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And for the best yes. speech, you know, Lando would give a bad speech. He'd be like telling inappropriate stories. Um, Han would just be like, ah, whatever. So, you know, uh, I think uh, I'll stick. You know, if, if you're going to have uh, Cricks around, I think Mon Mothma would be there, too. She'd tell a good, inspiring, love-fueled wow. story. Oh, nice. That's nice. Good. Uh, I'm going to answer that because yeah. I want to end with you, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, this is a fascinating question to me because my, my wife runs a, a historic mansion here in Los Angeles, and one of the main things she does is uh, help book weddings uh-huh. and deals with lots of couples and lots of event planning. So I felt like I need to take this one very seriously. I don't want right. to offend my wife. Uh, but I would get married on Bespin. Okay. Because A, yeah. uh, is beautiful. It's got lots of windows, especially in the special edition. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is basically a big facility that's going to have everything you need for events. That's true. You don't have to ship anything in. It's still a destination <laughs> wedding, but, like, you know there's a lot of booze on Best Bay. Yeah. yeah. You know they have event space. You know, yeah. it's all, all set to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, the best wedding planner, I, I went with Mon Mothma because she planned the whole rebellion. Yeah. So this seems easy go. to her. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And best speech, I had been thinking Lando, but you convinced me that he might get in his cups a little bit and yeah. say, like, <laughs> over over compliment my wife in a way that made me yeah. uncomfortable. Like, Lando, back off. Yeah. <laughs> or tell Lando. some story of the, your past girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had thought, like, because he's so smooth, but you're right. He yeah. would be the normal sort of uh, best man yeah. who'd be like, nah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Obi-Wan, my beloved Obi-Wan, oh, yeah. because Obi-Wan would find the beautiful, heartfelt thing to say. 
Oh, you guys. So mm. good. So good. I would say, well, Naboo is an obvious choice, but I actually believe Coruscant would be kind of cool. Yeah. City-like, which was like my wedding in downtown mm. LA. Oh, yeah. Damn. Sk- skyscrapers around. Perfect. Best wedding planner, I would say C-3PO as the assistant to take care of all the details, mm-hmm. but General Leia would be my right. planner because mm. she's going to provide the moral support that I need. She's going to be able to t- deal with my mom and like all these other <laughs> personalities. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, like it's a lot of personalities to yeah. manage. And stress, but she would chill me out. So she's yeah. definitely. Um, and then the best speech would be Poe Dameron. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Can a good you answer. imagine? He would just charm the pants off of everyone. Everyone would be just like yeah. raising their feet after he'd combine a beautiful love story and humor. Yeah, that's All a right. good one. That's a good answer. Your answers are correct because among us, you are the only person to have a famous Star Wars <laughs> wedding that when you <laughs> Google Star Wars wedding, your wedding uh, pops yeah. up. That's a yeah. lot of planning. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good answer. All right, we go on to our Patreon questions from uh, James Monning, uh, I believe is the pronunciation, but I could be wrong. James, feel free to correct me, as is Force Center tradition. Do you think, with all the fear that Luke is feeling now in The Last Jedi, and with shutting himself off to the world, that his connection to the Force has diminished and made him weaker? Mm, That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, do you have thoughts on this one? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, like, (laughs) this is the way I think of it. It's it's like a skill. It's like a muscle, right? Uh So when you're really in tune with doing something, whether it's working out or playing basketball or even playing playing video games, right? Yeah. You're you're in the groove. You're connected. You're with it. Mm -hmm. But then the minute that you stop and take some time away, you're, you're rusty when you approach it again. You're not quite as in tune with your rhythm. So right. maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, I tend to think that that uh, part of the title of The Force Awakens continues to be that maybe Luke is there doing his research, maybe he's meditating, but he's not actively using the Force to make a difference in the galaxy. And that right. it is, it's not necessarily that he's weaker, but just like you said, like, yeah, he hasn't, you know, he has been picking up that controller right. <laughs> and playing the game of the yep. force. Ken, what do you think? No, I, I absolutely think that's right. Uh, that, uh, the, the, the being not practiced right now is, is, is part of this. You lose it. You, the self doubt has, has creeped in. He's in a, he's yeah. in a weird spot. He's in a dark place. And I think, and, and the force, this, the force might be sending Ray to call him back. Maybe that's part mm. of what she's there for, uh, oh. as a physical reminder, like, Hey, you've got other things to do here, bud. You go, you gotta, you to overcome some of that things. Right. I think that's a great point. Uh, our final question, also from a patron on Patreon, Martin Grinter asks, where in the Star Wars universe would you get the best space whiskey? Oh, I think we're going to get that answer because it's a Canto Bite. Yep. Yeah. That's what you think in the same spot. I, I was am. thinking the same go. thing. Yeah. Jennifer, what were you thinking? Yeah, I didn't know. I hadn't thought. I was like, well, where would it be? Alderaan's known for their wine, right? Yeah, so yeah. Tomeray. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Canto Bite is the obvious answer because yeah. it's gonna it's for high rollers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's gonna have the like you know, two thousand year old Johnny right. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Spacewalker. Johnny Spacewalker. Johnny Spacewalker. My only other answer is a planet that we do not know of yet that is a whiskey planet. Ooh. That, that is a whiskey climate. A whiskey climate. That is what it does. It's yeah. nothing but peat and they make it's basically Scotland is a planet. <laughs> 
<laughs> they make whiskey. I like that. I get behind that. So those are audience questions. Again, lots of great ones. We'll be getting to as many of them as we can. Thank you all for sending them in on Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for letting us have this supersized edition of Four Center looking at news and from a certain point of view. Again, check out that book and let us know what you think of those stories. What's your favorite story from a certain point of view? And let us know. We got things going on on Patreon. You can go there. $2 a month gets you the bonus episode of Finish the Fan Fiction. Patreon.com slash Force Center. iTunes and, uh, well, actually now it's called Apple Podcast. We are so close. We're looking for two, $2.25 on reviews on the entire network, and that's going to get you a special databank brawl. We're at like $2.21, yeah. I believe, so it today. tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center is where our shirts are. New designs on the way. And Joseph, you had a successful show this week, so if people in L.A. want to hear about what else you're doing, they can go. To my social media, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you're old school, I got a website still. Mm. Remember those? Uh, it updating is updating my today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you can find me at josephscrimshaw.com. There's a lot of great fun stuff on that. If you just want to be entertained for, there's like hours of entertainment on my yeah. website. I mean, I don't mean to. Anyway, but there is a live <laughs> shows page, and I do have more shows coming up. I'm doing a great show called Space Time on November 5th, which is all about our exploration of space as people but it's comedy and music and fun and deep thoughts and I know listeners of Force Center would like that so go check out josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows absolutely Mrs. Halloween costume <laughs> oh my gosh I've been listening to that yes you can find all my Halloween costumes on starwars.com uh, check out my YouTube channel youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa where I have uh, the dog porg video and my Porg costume DIY for adults, which will be up within the next day or so. Absolutely. <laughs> so beautiful. It is beautiful. Check out that porg pet, that porg dog. It's the best thing out there. All right, guys, that is for now. Supersized edition of Force Center. Thanks so much for joining us. So, for all the stories, including the Diagnoga that is Force sensitive and has a really, really, really big heart, that is it for now. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.